Okay, is, right. is this, is this yeah, for real? That's yes, how it happens? Yes, okay, all right, all right. You crack the can, we go, ah! like, oh, it's okay. a nice crack. We, we don't need, like, a safe word for it. There's okay. no safe word, just okay. crack the fucking okay. can. All right, it's happening. All right. See, now I feel silly that we do this. Is this really immature? Should we come up with new podcast No, 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 no. It's so on brand to crack cans. Yeah, and it's an intro. Al is just, what's the word I'm looking for? What's the word for causing problems just for the sake of doing that? You know what I'm talking about? I do know what you're talking about. What is that called? Whatever it's called. That's what Al does? Yes, consistently. Just kidding. I beg yeah. to differ. I would I I would say you insert drama <laughs> when insert drama. Insert drama whenever possible. Would I, be that's the my... most clear fake news ever. Okay, whatever. Okay, so Jeff, we have a guest this week. Thank God. Um Al Secunda. Thanks for being here, man. <laughs> Thanks for having me. What yeah, a, what an uh, honor. What a privilege. What a, what a privilege for um for all the listeners at home, Al and I are in the same MBA program. Um, with the first day we met, I was like, this man is Jewish. <laughs> and uh, and now my best friend. It and what was... gave it away? What gave the Judaism away, Andrew? <laughs> put your feet to the fire here. <laughs> you want to know what really? It was because like, I, oh, the, like the second we started talking, I was like, this is an episode of fucking Seinfeld. Like, <laughs> That's, it, it fair. Was... That's fair. I thought you were going to say something that was going to get us canceled before no, you started no, no, talking no. about I, Sam I, Harris. So, I was like, here we go. Yeah. See, I, I was, I, I, no, it was, um, it was more like the the Jewish wits, the New York the Jewish Jew wit. wit. Yeah, good the, save. There you yeah, go. Yeah, thank you. I, I think that's <laughs> that was a good enough. save. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I hope it's a good save. Also, if we've already fucked up the audio, like I'm so sorry to all of our listeners because we're publishing this. This is happening. Oh, like it'll it. be fine. I believe in this. Publisher commitment. Perish. I don't... So so okay, Al. Um, you've listened to what like 35 seconds of an episode of Tangent Quests. Is that? I, I feel like that's reductive of, but not that reductive sure okay. okay all right well um here we are doesn't matter so al's here he he really loves sam harris and uh sam, which did, is why did, he's been brought on did you listen to the previous sam harris episode at all to hear i listened to some of the previous sam harris episode absolutely did you hear andrew's opinion on sam harris is that uh i don't know did that hurt your relationship at all you know i feel like sam um Andrew is is Sam curious, you know, <laughs> where like I, I feel like knowing Andrew as well as I know him that he does actually agree. This is me just imputing your beliefs and values on you, Andrew. Yes. You're welcome. Thank you. And uh, so, you know, he says a lot of things and hedges and gives caveats till, you know, till midnight. But, you know, it, I'm unfazed. I'm unfazed. I, if I there was a quote to describe me, hedging till midnight, I think is <laughs> is certainly the one. Okay, Al, do you want to introduce yourself, like, in any capacity? Like, do you want people to understand you in any way that is particular to you? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I guess. I, I don't know. I mean, there's there's many uh, many dimensions of Al. Where, where does one start? <laughs> no, uh, you know, I like you said, I mean, we met in the, uh, in the MBA program, and, um, you know, I is a little bit of background on me. I was a, a musician once upon a time, and then uh, lived a few years as a as a heroin addict and that was uh different although related um <laughs> and then became a dad and so i've been a dad for a long time and now i'm in the graduate <laughs> school and you know it's 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 been a, a lot of, of changes and and here we are you know uh, al, al was looking for a new gig and he was like you know what fatherhood, fatherhood. <laughs> <laughs> to put down the needle and pick up the diapers you know and so sometimes that's what you gotta do <laughs> Damn, that is a, oh my gosh, how do you, 
this should be a podcast in itself, just the life, well, of, I mean, the life of Al. The life of Al is, though, a, is a, it would be a great side quest to have Al come back on. Just like what? Because like <laughs> Al, I like every day at the end. So before COVID, like every day, and like so, like I said, Al and I got to know. Like it was like you know, it was kind of one of those like you know when you meet someone, you're like, oh yeah, boom, found him. Like we both were looking for each other in the MBA program. When we found each other, which was great. Oh, but like every it's, it's very true. cute. It's, it's super true. cute. But uh, we so uh, we every day, every single day al would come in and we would be in like a finance class talking about <laughs> discounted cash flows and he'd be like you know what discounted cash flows remind me of this one time i was under this bridge right and i was and i was like and i was discounting this guy on a bag and it was just and i was like every day it's this crazy fucking story about your time as a heroin addict and it's just well, i mean know, and, we, and not just that part of your life either you have had an interesting life outside of drug addiction i'm not trying to say that's interesting like or like the only interesting part of your life or, or you no but. i i i hear you i i think there yes you're totally right and uh you know we all come to the table with the experiences we have we try to relate to something you're learning something new you know there's a lot of supply and demand in the drug world you know just <laughs> saying God, the econ class he was like everything everything we learned <laughs> <laughs> Be like so if you front a kilo of cocaine and then you're gonna you know have your little runners do do their you know anyway yeah, yeah know. he's like <laughs> yeah yeah i wish man i wish big tony would have been in this class he would have really valued from understanding oh, supply and demand anyway anyway no anyway. but it, it's actually interesting um and, and and sam harris related i knew this dude who was this brilliant dude um and he was he was a, a teacher at, at the time and i met him and i was i was still a junkie at this point and he had this really bad oxy habit but he had stopped all the pills like cold turkey he, he was one of these thinkers you know one of these real thinkers and uh he was like one of the big reasons i stopped um doing opiates was i listened to sam harris's talk on free will and it really was super profound for me and it it, it made such a difference in the way i see a wor the world and he hadn't you know done drugs in like a year and a half or something like that he just like cold turkey quit that night and, I, you know, I had known Sam Harris from, like, you know, the old days watching YouTube videos of, like, Christopher Hitchens and Sam Harris debate, um, you know, clerics of a variety of religions. So I knew him as just that guy that can just speaks very slowly and very deliberately, and it just kind of comes out in prose. Yeah. And I, I watched that, um, that, that speech he did. He did it at some university or, or something like that. It was about 45 minutes or an hour. And he basically went over what he went over in his free will book. And it honestly had such a profound impact on my life. And I attribute that as one of the necessary but not sufficient things that, that was in the recipe of me inevitably getting clean. Um, and, and so I, like, I really, I don't know, Sam, I, I feel like has a, a very uh, profound uh, part in the way I think and in, in, in my life. Holy shit! What? Yeah, what, that's, what is that? uh, that's the same way I felt when he first introduced Sam Harris. To yeah, you <laughs> like, just gotta love Sam Harris after that. What, yeah, like, that's why. That's why I call him a disciple of Sam Harris, yeah. not just like a fan. Yeah. Wait. So, what and is it, it about that talk? Is it like heroin takes away your free will, and you realize no, it no, through no. listening to Sam? It was nothing about um, about drugs that he talked about. It was, it, you know, it's this. I, I don't know if you guys have read the book or, or have heard his thoughts on this, but it, you know, it, it's basically this argument again that that free will is an illusion, and that we can really we have all the necessary tools that we need to see that it's an illusion. And he he sort of systematically takes you step by step, and and obviously he can speak uh, so much more articulately articulately than I. You know, I won't I won't go through the whole thing, but 
there, there's a part of it in which he sort of walks through all of these postulates, and then he comes to this point where he says, you know, so if you were to have rewound the universe back, a, you know, a, a minute ago, then it could not have been any other way but the way that it happened, right? And, and so if you extrapolate that in a big way, it, it took out a lot of this, like, guilt and shame that I had had about becoming a heroin addict because at a certain point it, it, it made me feel like there, there wasn't a world in which I could not have become a heroin addict. And rather than that being, some people see that as this like fatalist, nihilistic uh, view of the world, but I, I really don't. Like I, th I thought that was encouraging. It was, it was very like, okay, here we are now. Like what can we do about it? And, and, and I think that that was, that was really powerful for me at that time to be able to release a lot of that um, just personal guilt and shame around where I was in life. Damn. Wow. That's really cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, we can, uh, We I, I, again, this is why Al is on for Sam Harris as opposed to <laughs> any other podcast Big we could Sam possibly. Guy. Big Sam guy. I so, mean, you can Andrew, tell. tell us why you don't like Sam Harris. Well, it's not no, that no, I no, don't sorry, like no, Sam no, Harris. No. Let's it, get into it. Well, yeah. well, I mean, like, well let, me, let me just put it out here. This is the thing is like, I, I like, I think Al actually kind of nailed it with Sam Curious because hmm. I have these moments and I'm not trying to be in an echo chamber. That's like, I tried actively not to, like to, to get viewpoints that I disagree with. And Sam Harris has a lot of those, but sometimes what bothers me um, is how matter of factly, and I think I, I can't remember if this is exactly how I put it on the last time we talked about him, but Sam Harris and his guests, not all of his guests, because sometimes he, the, the times he debates people, I think are his best podcasts when people, he blatantly disagrees with his guest is incredible. It's usually a very provocative conversation, but that's not the point right now. But like sometimes the way he speaks is so matter of factly that it, it, it makes me, I don't think he's intention and I, he's much smarter than I am. And like, I know he speaks much more deliberately than I do. So when he speaks, he's very like deliberate and very matter of factly, but it, things he's saying are not universally true. And sometimes it can, he can give the illusion of like, this is how it is. And I think he's very good at not like at being at not like blatantly being like, I have all the answers and I, and what I'm telling you is what you should believe, you know, cause he's clearly like someone who's like, go get your own thoughts and like really think about this stuff. And I'm just presenting you how I, how I'm processing things. Yeah. And that's all great. But sometimes it bothers me how he's like, sometimes like it, they can get in there, like him and his guests. And actually on this podcast, it happened a few times where I was like, you guys are speaking pretty matter of factly about something that's pretty up in the air, you know? Mm -hmm. And I get that you guys agree on a lot of this stuff. And so it can be very easy to jerk each other off to a degree that like you, this podcast, this episode ended up, we'll talk about it once we get there. But that was my biggest complaint. And, and I'm not saying it's manipulative in any way, but you can get like, I think Al, you specifically, you're not like that where you're like, what Sam says is law sometimes, but not always. Um, <laughs> but he, like, there are some people who really like Sam Harris where they're like, that's the only way I can think. And that's the exact opposite of how you should be like, of what I think, I think Sam Harris exact, is trying to teach, yeah, right? Yeah. He's like trying to teach this, like be a, a concrete thinker. Think about everything. You can't just think about one thing. Like, he wants people to be more, more robust thinkers. But what that does is what people do is they'll just repeat what Sam Harris says. And now I'm as smart as Sam Harris. And that kind of thinking bothers me. And that does exist. And no matter what thought train you're going through, like no matter what side of the aisle you're on, whatever, if you have a very articulate and effective speaker, you're going to be like, bingo. That's how I think now. I don't need to think because I have someone else thinking for me. And so I, it's that that's usually, that tends to be my fear with these type of 
people like Sam Harris. I think Sam Harris probably does the best job of all of the. Who are, like, who are these type of people? I'm talking. I'm thinking mostly and... like politicians, people oh, who have oh, big oh. influence, like even like celebrities sometimes who like try to speak very matter of factly about like the things they believe in. Like you know, think about like this is an extreme example, like Tom Cruise in Scientology or like John Travolta in Scientology. Like how matter of factly they speak about Scientology. Like it's clearly a manipulation tool for the Church of Scientology, right? Um, I'm not saying that Scientologists are all manipulated, but uh, you know, maybe a little bit. But uh, well, like, yeah, yeah. But what I'm trying to say is like, it's it's this like it's this power you can have over people um, when you speak in the way that he does, and I think it's an important. I think it's just. I, I guess I wish there was more emphasis on like, hey, like this is me, but you need like it's really important to be a critical thinker and like think these things through. Just because I said doesn't mean it's like universal truth, and he doesn't have to disclose that. I think it should be more. Oh, like people should just be more capable of getting that, but I don't think that's the case all the time. It never will be, but you know, my brain gets not triggered. I, I hate that word, but like, you know, it gets like, you know, my brain goes through those motions of like, Oh, someone's going to listen to this and yeah. they're going to be like, this is the truth. This yeah. is all there is to it. You know? And that's just not the point of Sam Harris, which I think is kind of a interesting part of his, uh, like demographic, I suppose, or his audience maybe. Well, and I yeah. think, I think part of his whole shtick is that, and, and it starts from his first book, the moral landscape is that this relativism that like, well, everybody can be right with their own opinions, you know, is just like garbage, right? <laughs> like part of what he says and, and how he yeah, yeah. really became part of the public <laughs> sphere was by debating theologians, which by definition he was saying, you guys are just, you guys are wrong. Or at very least, you guys are not right. And so I think that, you know, he does come from a place where there are right and wrong answers to hard questions. And we need to not be sheepish about talking about what those might be. Um, but yeah, okay, I hear you. Yeah, that, that's, it's, it's, not, it's, it's not like a bad thing. It's just a thing. That's how I describe my criticism of his, like maybe it's more of a criticism of his audience than him as a person or like him as a speaker or him as a thought leader. I think that might be more, more my issue, but that's like the, that you could say that about like any audience. Like there's always parts of every single fan base or audience that just completely fucking suck. Like the first thing that comes to my mind is Rick and Morty fans. Oh, you know how like, <laughs> like it just, you know, People like, oh, have you seen Rick and Morty? I'm like, this conversation is so over because my answer is no. And I know I'm just going to be fucking crucified. You know, it's like, <laughs> All right, yeah. Jeff, what, what do you, what's, how did, you, are you like, are you Sam curious? Are you a Sam Harris fan now? Like, I feel like you've gotten way more into him since the first time we listened. Yeah, I went, I went through a, a how do I make a pun of this? A, a Samasance? I went through a little renaissance <laughs> with, uh, with Sam. Perfect. Yeah. I, uh, I don't really know what, what sparked it off. Like, I think early in January, I listened to an episode or two and I was like, wow, I'm really into this. I'm, I'm really on board. And I downloaded his meditation app and i was like damn mm. all right this meditation app is sweet and then i, I wanted like, to talk about that i yeah. wanted to talk about that it's that's we, okay like i i i want you to finish this thought but we must do a segment before <laughs> I, I i'm segment hungry so uh, continue but yeah no i mean that was pretty much it i i got into his meditation app which is really good and then i was like well if i'm gonna listen to him talk in my ear meditation wise i might as well listen to his podcast more so i signed up for his uh subscriber base which I think it's like 10 bucks a month and you get the full episodes and uh yeah i mean i haven't listened to his podcast as much as i thought it would because they're all just so it's a lot to chew on and i am a oh, poor podcast listener so i gotta be in like the right mood for a sam harris podcast so but when i do yeah. they're really good so they're yeah good. they're i mean you know what's funny is the reason so we were gonna do a, a, different, a different episode this week but 
Al suggested this episode. I'm glad we did it, but it's interesting to hear, like, because Al, I think you've listened to enough Sam Harris at this point that you're like, there's good episodes and bad episodes, and some episodes I don't finish. Well, they're just more and less engaging ones for my palate. Yeah. Um. It, rarely do I go halfway through one and then stop, and and it just happened to be the one one of them that 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 Andrew had said we were gonna do it on. I was like, nah. I feel like. If there's wiggle room, maybe let's wiggle on out of that. Uh, but, you know. Good. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you did that because sometimes I read the description and I'm like, this is going to be a good one. And then I get 30 minutes into it and I'm like, this is too much for me. And I, I will <laughs> turn those off. So, no, I'm glad you uh, found a good one. Yes. I And this was a good one. Like, yeah. I was captivated the yeah. whole time. But uh, we – so, Al, you wouldn't know this, but uh, we use uh, scales on this podcast to rate things, very arbitrary scales. Yes. Love and one of, one of the scales is the food scale. And the food scale is like how full are you after the podcast? Like how like like you know like how satisfying was that podcast? And Sam Harris is I, I don't think it's a spoiler. Like is like the fullest you can be. Typically, they're long yeah. and they're dense yeah. and they're like and they're thought provoking. So like sometimes like I have to pause to be like, what did they just fucking say? <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's uh, which is great. But anyway, um, I want to do, do a little special shout out here to uh, Hayden who's on vacation, so that's why he's not here. I, I think him. we mentioned that last week, but he's in Hawaii. Ah, yeah, tough, so. tough, tough life over there, huh? You know, I gotta. If we're gonna do a little Hayden Jerkoff corner, which I'm open to right now, is like is Hayden. That a segment. Is that's, that... a, that's a segment. <laughs> Hayden Jerkoff corner. Um, Hayden and his girlfriend Nikki are probably two of the hardest working people I know, and they work very difficult jobs. And so this is the first time I've heard them getting a break in a long time. So I'm pretty pumped for them. That's it. They're good people. Al's great too. We're glad to have Al here. Not to discount you. Hayden or Al. I feel like I'm always discounting people. <laughs> I didn't get that sense I, at all. I don't think that's true. I think okay, great. Yeah. Maybe work through. Yeah, I, I mean, I think I, I actually, you know, I, I told, like, I went through therapy and, like, I was like, I'm cured. And then, and then I get out, you get out of therapy and you're like, I'm not cured. I'm not, I'm still doing stupid shit all the time. A little, I have to work through stuff. sesh wouldn't hurt. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> a little check in with the old therapist. They'd be like, what? Did, you dismantled all the foundations we set up. Like, I don't understand how this happened. It's been like a few months and uh, I should probably do that, but that's not the point. Um, oh, uh, Hayden and Nikki know Al as well, which is good. Um, and Nikki is uh, bullies Al, which I find very amusing. So she what? does. She does. How does one bully Al? A great question, Al. Oh, um, it, it's generally come up in very contentious games of shuffleboard and uh, other 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 places as well. And uh, she just fucking lays it on, man. And you know what? More power to her. I love it. Bring it on. Bring it on, Nikki. Uh, Keep it going. They were playing shuffleboard, and they were on, you guys were on a team, right? Yeah. Yeah, and uh, she pulled Al you onto not. your team. <laughs> okay, so Al, but here's the thing: Al wasn't performing. No, I made some oh. garbage shot, and, and she's like, "Hey, man." Yeah, she she pulled it. She pulled him aside. Yeah, she's like, "We need to have a little regroup. Like, let's have a team strategy sesh." And she's just like. Don't ever fucking do that again. Don't ever <laughs> fucking do that again. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, this is that of Nikki I've never seen. This is amazing. I know me either. I was like, wow. I was <laughs> quivering. What I what I've learned is Nikki plays to win. So. <laughs> sure does. <laughs> All right, Jeff. I want we didn't do what did we listen to the last yeah. week? I want you to I want you to bring us to the 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 holy land of tangent quest yeah this is a real off the rails podcast but that's that's usually the best ones so al what we yeah. usually do is uh talk about what we've been listening to this week 
and uh, then we move into actually talking about the podcast. So we're, we're getting there. Um, I don't know, Andrew. Let's start with you. Which what, what you've been listening to, man? You know, um, tough week of listening over here because <laughs> <laughs> I have just been on like such a garbage bender of like TV. Not in a bad way, but have you guys seen the the show Dave? No. no. It's Little Dicky's show about himself as Little Dicky in real life. It's like it's like if Little Dicky, like you know how um, Larry David does Curb Your Enthusiasm is supposed to be like Larry David in the world. Mm-hmm. This is like Little Dicky in the world, and it's amazing. It's, it's it's like I think it's like I don't know for sure. I haven't done any research, but it seems to be like actually how he came up. Like it's kind of like loosely based on his actual come up as a rapper. It's unbelievably good i didn't expect i couldn't the man is talented he raps real nice the show is incredible i mean unstoppable show it's so fucking good i can't i can't listen i, I can't listen i well, i didn't listen to shit i was just watching that it's so good i can't believe i was expecting you guys to be like oh i can't believe you haven't watched that yet because i feel like i'm always behind i can't believe you guys haven't watched that you should it's on hulu sick. it's I'm glad you got to play that role yeah I'm me too me too i, I never gonna that. play this role everyone like with the yeah. queen's gambit everyone's like oh i've already seen it don't oh. you just fucking love You're it bone no killer on the queen's gambit oh so fucking we've done it on the don't podcast i'll do it again there. i'll don't do it again don't even do it no one wants to hear you shit on the queen's gambit it was phenomenal it was moving on it was true it was fine it was pretty good so anyway dave highly recommend it's on hulu mm-hmm. nice. 10-4 what about you al you've been uh, listening to anything or what you know the content has been a little light this week i mm. you know i used to be such an avid pod save america guy like every time an episode came out i would just burn through it like immediately and i gotta say since trump got elected it's just been a little less like it's just gone so much more i don't know uh, over the top in 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 their political way it's just super woke now to the point that like before it was like like let's all build this coalition get the fucking crazy guy out of office you know and i was like sign me up bro and now i feel like there's a little bit more of a divergence in like my politics and there's i i I don't know anyway i listened to like a couple half episodes of them um actually listened to scott calloway's um solo podcast the prof g show this morning uh, on on crypto, you had this brilliant dude, uh, Raul Paul, I think was his name, and uh, he was like a hedge fund guy, and then just turned into a big business, you know, macro bro, and uh, was talking about you know NFTs and the crypto situation going on now, and like it was like he spoke about it in such a a, a an articulate way, um, because it, it on on one level it's kind of simple to hear about these things, oh like. That you're selling the rights to this digital asset or, or whatever it is. And then in another sense, it's like the implications of the freedom that that affords are like really fucking intense. And so Scott, I think that's what like Scott Galloway was trying to like get was like, can we just tease this out a little bit to see what these implications are and, and what that might mean for the future? And it totally delivered. So would highly recommend that came out this morning and I uh, burned through that on the way to get to my first COVID vaccine. So mazel tov. Oh, oh wow. Um, yeah. This yeah. Guy. And then uh, listen to Pivot with uh, Scott Galloway and Kara Swisher. Listen to the the Sam episode, and then started the uh, the latest Sam episode, Psychedelics and the Self. And uh, while I I don't partake in psychedelics anymore these days, I like to vicariously journey through the mind of a psychonaut with Sam Harris. So it was a fun time. So you know, that's uh, that I think about the week. I I fear you're too smart for this podcast. I no. agree. <laughs> <laughs> 
it's good. Our listeners are going to be like, holy shit. I haven't listened to much. Just uh, Scott Galloway this. No, I, I, here's my thing, though. I like, I, I'm like a content whore. Like, I am such a podcast fiend. Like, because, and I, I feel like it's a function of parenthood, too. Because all the just bullshit things that you have to do as a parent. Yeah, you got to do so much extra. The cleaning and then the going to get this and that. And, like, there's so many hours of the day that I'm just, like, idly doing things that an automaton would do. You know, it's like a, and, and it's just more opportunity to consume content, right? And so, like, I, I, I mean, I feel like I do, like, 8 to 12 hours of podcasts a week. Like, it just nice. just because I just have the time driving and cleaning and doing all the shit, you know? Yeah. So that's, that's anyway, that's my two cents on that. Oh, that's good. Podcasts are, yeah, they're perfect for that. And, yeah, I, yeah. I, I liked what you were saying about Pod Save America. I was talking about this. There was a news podcast that I was pretty into before Trump got inaugurated, and then... As Wait, which Trump. one? I forgot. We talked about this last week, but which yeah, one? the Daily Zeitgeist. Don't the li- Daily Zeitgeist. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't listen to it, Al. It's 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 oh, not really? a good podcast. But it. it's like no. it was fine before. It was like good news, and then throughout the presidency, it just got more and more and more. And now it's just too much. <laughs> they're, they're just too woke. And yeah. I'm like, I can't listen it, to this anymore. It's, yeah. So Al, you don't listen to the podcast, so you wouldn't know that our last episode we're doing a March Madness of the best. Uh, and I'm gonna, I, I will introduce these things like that every single Thank time. Thank you. Just so we're clear. Like, yeah. I'm really hammering that. Yeah, I, okay. I feel like. Cool. I, well, I mean, cool, it cool, just cool. feels it's weird that you know one of my closest friends doesn't listen to my podcast. <laughs> oh, like, it's, it's here fun. it is. <laughs> you gonna have the convo uh, now? Yeah. Well, okay. I, you know, I, I was gonna save it for couples therapy, but it's here. Okay. Mm-hmm. So let's, uh, uh, anyway, we, we're doing the, we're doing March Madness of the best news podcasts Okay. and we have a bracket. And so we did that last week. We didn't do it this week because Hayden's on vacation and we're going to pick it up again next week. We're on the, we're on the up to date eight. Nice. Who are the eight? Do you know offhand? Oh, um, I got well, I mean, here. Which, what's our eight? Our eight is the daily zeitgeist, the BBC news quiz, the bugle, love it or leave it. Washington Street. <laughs> oh my gosh. Wall Street Journal. What's news? The Daily. The Fox News Rundown and the Global News Podcast. Call it now. The Daily. Oh, see, yeah. I, I think the Daily's got a hard matchup against the Wall Street Journal. I yeah. really do. Yeah. They have a good podcast, That's the Wall fair. Street Journal. Yeah, they have a good one. It's not as good as the Daily, but we'll leave that for the next. Podcast. Well, uh, yeah. Uh, what, what have you been? Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Andrew early on vetoed out uh, Pod Save America he for the exact same the reasons. Yeah, well, I I, w- I didn't want them in because for the exact same reasons that Al was just saying, I was like, it's just become this like ultra liberal circle jerk, and it doesn't feel as much like news as it does feel like pressing an agenda. And I was like, you know, I don't know which side. So we did two sides to the bracket, Al. We did like comedy news, and mm-hmm. then we did um, like true news. Yeah. And on the com- I was like, it doesn't belong on the comedy side, and I really don't think it belongs on the true news side anymore. Well, you know, I mean, it's. Uh, they started Favreau started crooked media to have a voice for progressive um leaning media the way fox has for just insane people on the right mm-hmm. and y- you know through that lens it's a good voice to have in the ecosphere they they know what they're talking about like they're but I well agree. equipped to talk about the subjects i'm, I'm not I, I i'm agree. not trying to discount their credibility so pushed through the lens yeah i yeah. i hear you and honestly it was nice to like I hate to say it was nice to listen to during the Trump era because I was like, yes, like we can yeah. have a sane president. That's great. Um, but yeah, now I just, I don't do it as much. I'd rather just listen to something that's like hard news. Um, it, it, but I still I I don't disagree with you. I think like Positive America has a very important place in the world. Yeah. Um, but then you also have to make the argument. But then so does like Fox News broadcast, right? Like the like you these political bias podcasts do have a place in the world. Um, 
but for our intents and purposes, I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, I, not to go too far down the rabbit hole, but like I do feel like there was a there was a, a serious void on the left, whereas on the right we had Newsmax and OAN and Fox, and like there were a lot, you know, and Hannity and Carlson, like there were there were characters, there were um, just there was a lot of content being produced, and and I feel like it it was a good counterbalance to to have smart people on the other side. Yeah, yeah totally, totally agree. Um, but with that, every great thing has this downfall or, or its shortcomings, perhaps. <clears throat> I don't know. Anyway, Jeff, what have you been listening to? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, been listening to That Happens with uh, Spencer Crittenden and Jeff Davis. And then there's not very many episodes of that. So every time I'm done, I just go back to Harmontown. But I have been listening to more of The Bugle, that news podcast we've been picking up. And I, I've become a fan. I think it's uh, pretty good. Hmm. But I'll that's about it. it. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty all right. Oh, and I it tried actually. Out. Oh, go ahead, Andrew. Well, it's actually I was, that I, I I think that was the one. If I recall correctly, that was the one. I was like, this is one of the few that I will come back to. Yeah, and it was yeah, it was pretty darn good. Oh, also, I've been watching BoJack Horseman, which I've never just made it through that show before. Holy shit, that show gets dark. it's a it's it a tough watch. So it's dark. a tough watch. I had no idea, and uh, I I really like it, but holy shit, it uh, took a deep turn. But yeah, all right, yeah, let's uh, let's get into our actual podcast episode. So we listened to Sam Harris, Making Sense with Sam Harris again. Uh, if you haven't listened to our previous episode, Sam Harris's podcast describes itself as uh, join neuroscientist, philosopher, and best-selling author Sam Harris as he explores important and controversial questions about human mind, society, and current events. And Sam Harris is just kind of, uh, he's just an intellect. He's uh, got a philosophy degree from Stanford and PhD in neuroscience, and he just has a crazy wealth of people onto his podcast to discuss business psychedelics meditation philosophy just anything you can think of he covers a lot of stuff and we did episode 189 wealth and happiness which is an episode with a um i forget which school he teaches at nyu stern there you go uh scott galloway and um yeah what'd you guys who's also a very interesting man and has like a million podcasts we should probably review at some point actually i'd be down he was more interesting than i thought he'd be he was yeah he was really good yeah as a uh, non-business person i was like all right yeah i all right al i have a question for you not al well al i want you to how would you how would you introduce sam harris to someone and do you recommend sam harris to people or is it more of like a like if you're in a conversation like oh yeah this person would like sam harris or like do you ever like suggest sam harris to people i i suggest sam harris to people that are legitimately and sincerely intellectually curious right like if you just want to have some podcast on to because you just like need some content like and you're looking for a recommendation i'm not going to say listen to sam um if you're legitimately intellectual in, intellectually curious and and interested in what what i feel like sam really tries to dig at even when he's talking in business or some specific scientific field is like what does it mean to live a good life both personally and um as a society and and you know he doesn't shy away from you know as we all know from hard topics and love him or hate him like he has very well thought out ideas on a lot of things and so i i think that's sort of my uh my criteria as to whether or not i um you know, if people are just looking to get jerked off for views they already have, like, don't listen to Sam, right? Like, it's just, like, not – you're going to be super disappointed. Unless <laughs> and, your and views pissed. are Sam Harris's views, then you're just jerked off central. Yeah, baby. yeah, um, yeah. But, um, <laughs> yeah. 
I, I think that's that's about how I'd see it. Okay. And also, when do you get to de- declare yourself a philosopher? Do you have to have a degree, or can anyone just like? I'm not, I, I guess I when I never read Sam Harris's description of his podcast, and I know he has a degree in, in philosophy, but like, can I call myself a philosopher if I have philosophic thoughts? What is what is the criteria for a philosopher these days? Because it's not the same anymore. This is an uninteresting question, and I apologize, but I like, you know, like, are philosophers supposed to just be like? You don't have to like study. Do you have to study philosophy to be a philosopher? Yeah, it seems really unfortunate to be like you have to have a degree in philosophy to be a philosopher because <laughs> I feel like that's very that defeats the purpose, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how that makes any sense, but yeah, I I don't know. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I I I, I think that it's not his degree that that gives him the no the philosopher that's, that's, title. I yeah. didn't know he had a degree in philosophy. Well, this, this is moment. this is one of the fan, fantastic things about Sam. I'm just gonna be jerking Sam off the whole time. Sam, nice. if you hear this, I'm stoked to be doing this. Um, <laughs> just, just throw he's it a, out there. He's a devout just listener. Throw that out there. Um, you know, Sam did this weird situation. He talks about it in his his. I think yeah, it was the most recent book, Waking Up, which is about you know this guy does spirituality without religion, and he spent all this time med- meditating and and did the meditation app and whatnot. And so he like went to Stanford and then left you know quote unquote dropped out but like i guess at stanford you never fully drop out right so anybody that leaves can always just sort of like come back and reassume their um their degree and so he left for like i don't know eight or ten years and like went all over to tibet and all these places and studied with um just meditation these these practice very very high level meditation teachers for many years and uh, I think he initially was studying English before he like went on this this journey of the self and uh, came back and like decided to do philosophy right and this was all precipitated by like a psychedelic experience where he was like it opened him up to like questions of what the mind is capable of and that led him to the meditation thing which led him to the philosophy degree and then finally to the the neuroscience PhD and so he has this great like holistic view of the mind right from from these traditions like eastern traditions from like a philosophy more um sort of book learned philosophy classical sort of perspective and then also from this neuroscience perspective and i think that that nexus it gives him a unique positioning to be able to talk about some of the things he talks about wow so that's what a philosopher is (laughs) (laughs) you got there you just gotta go to Tibet and have a psychedelic experience. No, I'm just kidding. Sorry, Jeff. No, that's what we're fun. saying. No, there's like that saying, like, "Jack of all trade, master of nuns." But nuns of none. But Sam can have <laughs> the fucking uh, nuns, man. The fucking nuns. nuns. You gotta fucking watch out nuns. for them. <laughs> but Sam can have. It seems like just about anybody on his podcast, and he just sounds like I don't know. He sounds at their level. And he's also very good at interviewing and just kind of sitting back and letting them talk the talk, but can still introduce inter- interesting topics from time to time. But it's kind of amazing. The only place where I feel like Sam struggles is he seems very not technological. Like I remember he had one, he's had a couple of techies on his podcast, but he starts to just like, you can just kind of hear the old man in his voice and you're like, oh, Sam, like that's not how the internet works. But outside of that, it's like the the level he can talk to this business, like professional as a philosopher and neuroscientist is kind of mind-boggling. At least the way he comes off as comes off very intellectual. I mean, the man is incredibly well-read. 
Right. Yeah. I mean, it, it's what's remarkable. Like I, like I struggle to finish books that I don't find a hundred percent interesting yeah. and he will read entire <laughs> like discographies of his guest books just to be ready to talk to them. Yeah. Seriously. It's oh, shit. amazing. Yeah. 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 I think, I think he was saying they had read both of Scott's books or if he had, I forgot he had two or three, but anyway, like, yeah, he's, he's like, he's probably one of the most well-read people in the world. I would guess who has a platform probably because he like well he it's like his i don't know it's his job but it's also like i feel like his passion is to be this thought leader and to be a thought leader you have to read all these works and he's he just fucking does it <laughs> it's amazing like how and i think that's why he can speak at this levels because he knows everything that they've done or like you know he's very well versed in what they've done or what the, the work they've um like put into the world so i think that helps a lot but he's also like he's one of the few people who i actually like describe as like a thought leader that that phrase can be such a bullshit and oh, phrase. God, yeah. I mean, like, I would love to have thought leader on my business card. And I feel like I probably should. I kind of want to just toss it on my LinkedIn and see <laughs> you know, how it goes. <laughs> the LinkedIn flex would be phenomenal. MBA, thought leader, marketer, philosopher, thought leader. Thought leader. <laughs> you can do it. No, but it is true. I mean, he's, for, I mean, even in just these, I, what, what blows me away is these very specific scientific fields. I remember, like, Max Tegmar, the, 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 the physicist and, you know, Eric Weinstein, the, the mathematician and like all like these people that are just like the absolute height of their scientific, like niche. And it's not like he, he, he postures that he knows as much as them, but he can really keep the conversation and even better, he can help distill it into a way that I, as somebody who's not a theoretical physicist, spoiler, um, really understand, you know, and, and Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm totally with you. Did you, was there any part of this episode that you guys, that really struck you guys as something you wanted to talk about? It was a really dense episode. And this is one of the few times where I'm like, honestly, I hope everyone goes and listens to this one because it's, it's just like an absolute, they have a really fascinating discussion. And it's a lot of stuff I, I remember listening to. I was like, Ooh, we probably shouldn't talk about that on the podcast. <laughs> Cause like, you know, they, but that's the thing is like when you listen to Sam Harris, like that's what they do. They press thought boundaries, right? They, they say things that no one else will say. That's like kind of his thing is yeah. like we're kind of all thinking it but here's like it broken down into a very intellectual conversation as opposed to just like these emotional bullshit opinions that are based on like news headlines as opposed to actual research and understanding of humanity and i think most people get mad because they don't have the same level like, like i mean like if you pulled someone off like if sam harris did that thing like some youtube channels do like the change my mind youtube channel i don't know if you guys have seen that but like they just like say a really like provocative thing and they say change my mind if sam did that and went on the street like no one could even like sit at the table they would just get dunked on for hours and so it's um i guess what i'm getting at is like i'm curious what you guys found most interesting about this podcast like specifically like they covered a lot of subjects and like honestly one of the ones i thought was most interesting was him when they started talking about mindfulness which is why Mm -hmm. i also want jeff you to talk about your experience with his um meditation app and all that stuff and like what your perspective has been if it's changed your mindfulness or if you've felt a difference or anything like that I, he i think he talks about it not just on this episode but they had an interesting conversation mm-hmm. about it and scott galloway like openly admitted that he like has a short fuse and he's trying to work on ways to be more mindful of his behavior and his emotions but is there any other topics you guys wanted to really drill into you know i thought one of the one of the interesting topics uh that they touched on not not too long was the uh the moving goalposts with regards to how much money is enough money for any of us just on a personal level. And that often when we have this target, this number that we think that, you know, I can finally, when I reach that, 
number of zeros in my checking account, like I will be all good, you know, and, and that that is this this mirage, right, often. And uh, even that they, they talked about, which I, I feel like has been just egregiously misquoted in just about all of our behavioral economics in uh, in our MBA program is this uh, the the Kahneman study that said you know when you get to seventy five thousand or whatever dollars a year that uh, you you don't get any happier after that whereas if you you know read the study as they were talking about it's like it, it, there's actually depending on the experienced or the remembering self the remembering self actually does continue to to have increased levels of 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 testimonial happiness huh. after that 75. So I thought that was just an I've interesting point that. that they kind of glossed over. But. Oh, that, yeah, that was the study. They, they never, they never referenced that $75,000 because I, I think they didn't remember the number on the podcast, but that, I, that it was funny. That was the other one that hit me too. And because I, uh, I'm not trying to like jerk myself off here, but like I got, jerk it, M- baby. I got my MBA program. <laughs> I went to the MBA to transition out of a field that I hated and I ended up taking a pay cut. Like I, I accepted a job offer at a tech company, a startup tech company that I've talked about a little bit on the podcast, but I did that. I took a pay cut because like, I, I don't, I, I felt weird about this because to me, it's like, I like shiny bullshit, like any other good capitalist does. And I like enjoying life within money makes enjoying life very easy. Um, but like, I've always thrived, like thrived in my brain on being someone who's not money oriented and more oriented about like enjoying the human experience. And if that means taking a pay cut to do so, that was more valuable to me than the, whatever the $20,000 less that I'm going to make per year, right. Is, is being in a company that I actually enjoy working for doing something that I actually find meaningful. So I think I, it's interesting. like, cause it's, when you look at this study and you look at these things, like they, what they talked about, they're just very focused in on like, what does money mean to people as opposed to what does living mean to people and what, how does money like play a role in that because no one can debate that money makes life easier mm-hmm. right and and I, I still agree that you know they're saying like nope like you can always be happier with more money and people will always seek more money i don't know if that's like i think that's like an expectations problem our expectations are like we keep setting higher expectations for our standard of living instead of just like living within our means at all times yeah i i don't i don't know if that resonates with either of you well i think I've, that he yeah, actually no, sort of speaks does. speaks to that sorry i didn't mean to interrupt um, no you're fine he sort of speaks to that Galloway does when he talks about how, you know, his father who's on some fixed income, you know, has this very like happy and satisfied and fulfilled life on, you know, a modest yearly income compared to some billionaires that he knows that are still using um, capital as this means of staying relevant. And it's still this like this need to accumulate more wealth and stay relevant. And, and you know, I, I, I think that that, really does sum that up right because it's like and he talks about it it's like it's you have to 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 have a shot at living a satisfied life you have to be able to see money as a means to an end and not as an end in itself and i think that's really the powerful punchline takeaway from all that jeff wait did you have a thought before (laughs) uh not to that point i i mean i was gonna just say as far as our generation goes, as far as like accumulating wealth, I, I definitely buy into the prospect that most, at least like capitalists in America, there's no limit to how much wealth they want to gain before they're like, all right, I'm a cool now. Like, I don't have to keep, you know, reinvesting and like stay in my profession, like keep going. I'm just going to keep getting more wealth. There's no, it's always like the, what does my neighbor next door have mentality where it doesn't matter how rich you are. You look at the guy next door and you think he has more than you. So you want to keep gaining more wealth. I buy into that mentality. 
But I think at least something that we see more in our generation is, and I forget what this term stands for, but the, the fire people, the people that just want to yeah. get as much income as quickly as they can so they can retire as early as possible. And they live and on I, like very little on the way up there too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So just like minimalist lifestyle, retire early, just so like you can get out of the workforce as quickly as possible. And I think that's a cool new concept that's kind of counter to the older concept, where it's just like, well, I don't want to like gain wealth forever and get as wealthy as I can. Instead, I kind of want to do the opposite, like spend as little as my wealth as possible and retire as quickly as I can, just to like get out of the workforce. And I, I at least buy into that concept way more. It's like I don't. If you gave me a million dollars, like I would just invest it and try to retire very quickly. Like I don't need to live like the rich lifestyle. But and I, I think know. it's the power in that is that it gives people another option. Like right now, I feel like society kind of gives this. Um, you know, when in doubt, make more money. You know, that's probably a good way to you know feel like you're propelling yourself somewhere in life. You know, and. Yeah. And there's not really another game in town that's super mainstream. And I think that you're right that this fire movement is speaking to just another alternative. And hey, the, the guy that just wants to drive the Maserati and like do this, like more power to him, whatever. But that's not everybody's game. And, and I think yeah. I think you're totally right. I I think like, I think that kind of adds to my point of like it's not necessarily about like the dollars. It's about like how do I you know, exists in a way that's meaningful to me. Right. Yeah. And they're they're in their opinion, like to be meaningful in life, I need to not work. And I, I like, I don't necessarily disagree with that. Cause I think the greatest parts of life are outside the office, but I also think like, I don't know, I, I'd be bored without a job. Like I, I have a lot of like side projects and then like a lot of side hustles, but it's also like, I don't know. It's just like finding something to actually like fulfill yourself in a career aspect, I think is kind of natural to humanity. And maybe they, they find that in a different way in retirement, you know, but they probably all start podcasts. <laughs> yeah i know 100 yeah but it's i don't think it's a bad thing like i'm not trying to say it's a bad thing i just think it's i also what the point i was gonna bring up i think there's this like weird phenomenon that happened in our generation and this new gen z generation about money that changed perspective of money in our world where it's like i can't just be comfortable i must be excessively wealthy and i think social media played a big role in that mm -hmm. because of like the influencer movement and like all these people who are like it's no longer, oh man, Rick down the street just got a new fucking boat. I better go to the boat. It's now like, man, all these people on the internet have been traveling for fucking four years. Why can't I go travel? Like, I better like start doing some sketchy shit to make money. Like, better go, I don't know, like make some weird investments or start a bit. I don't know. It's this weird mentality where it's like, you can't, like, I feel like living in, within your means has never been more foreign to Americans. And, and I think also, and this is something Galloway actually talks about often, um, particularly since uh, since COVID hit, and, and as a sort of a disclaimer caveat, the, the episode that we listened to was right before it hit, and they didn't bring it up. Um, he talks about the fact that Americans particularly love a silver bullet. You know, they love, like, the idea that they're going to do one thing, and then all of their problems in whatever it is are going to go away, right? I, I just need a win the lottery and you know one of the examples that he gives is the uh the atomic bomb in uh in um world war ii where it was just like yeah that was sort of what what brought it to an end but it was all of the you know galvanizing the resources of 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 like the entire west to be able to provide you know and and fight until them and sacrifice until then and and he he brought it up in this in this uh context of like of the vaccine where you know the people 
tended to not want to do anything in the short term that was a sacrifice and they were just like we'll just kind of wait it out till the vaccine right we want that silver bullet we want that 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 lottery ticket that says you don't have to worry about this problem anymore and and, and i you know yeah i think that's why people fall so prone to like get rich quick schemes it's their silver bullet yeah right totally and it's it's weird and i i like and there's i don't know the thing is like is it I don't even know if it's necessarily a bad thing to make people strive for greatness, but I do think it sets up people for some mental health issues. And and I think this actually ties into mindfulness that they talked about a little bit in the podcast, but like, like why, why do you want to accumulate that level of wealth is the reason. So you can post stuff on Instagram or is the reason because like, would you, I guess my question for a lot of these people who are like, if I don't have a gazillion dollars, like I, I haven't done anything, you know, like, as opposed to like, I've lived a fruitful life within my means and I'm happy and satisfied because I've like done the best I can and blah, blah, blah. Like, which I think used to be the old middle-class mentality that doesn't really exist anymore. Um, but like, do you think like, I, I don't think people would actually want to make a gajillion dollars if they couldn't post it on the internet in our generation, at least. Cause think about it, like it, we live, I, I describe it as flex culture. Yes. We constantly have to be like, flexing on each other we constantly have to be showing off our vacations we constantly have to be showing off the new shoes we bought we constantly have to be showing like everything we do has to be instagram worthy right and i'm not saying like i don't think the three of us are a great litmus test for that because i post on instagram once every few months and i post a story of my cat every other week you know and so it's i don't really give a shit about that but clearly it is a thing right like and i i I don't know. I think people just aren't mindful of why they want to do the things they do. Like, what is your what is your true mentality towards wealth accumulation? It, because yeah. I don't see Jeff Bezos flexing on Instagram, right? Or maybe he does, and I just don't follow him. But I I, I don't know. It's it, it's weird. I just don't think people know. It's just like it, it's like the, the newest version of keeping up with the Johnsons. The only answer is to be like a quadruple billionaire. You know, like you got to have like oh, yeah. every dollar in the bank. And I don't know. Yeah. It, we're a little I, off the rails on what they were talking about, but it's, it's no. fascinating, fascinating well, t- 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 subject. Like, well, yeah, and what I I don't know if this is a like a problem for the general population or just a problem for myself, but I feel like part of the issue is that you go from college to suddenly making like a good wage, and you suddenly have no idea what to do with your money. So you're looking at everybody else, and you're like, what are they doing with their money? And then you're like, oh, that person's doing that thing, but I can't afford that thing. And then you feel like you're either doing something wrong. Or you're not sure what's going on. And there's no... We do such a bad job of talking about how you should invest your money and what you should do with it that I feel like a lot of people come into the workforce just being like, well, it looks like everybody else is spending their money and flexing with it, so maybe I should do the same thing. Where it took me like four years into making an income to figure out like, oh, this is how much I should be putting in retirement. This is how much I should save. Like, this is how much a house is going to cost me. And it took so long to figure all that shit out. I feel like it's... (laughs) I don't know if it's just like a, a stress habit to spend your money and think that's how you're supposed to use it. I don't know. I'm getting a little off here, but no, I think I that you know it, it touches on a couple things that they were talking about too. Like in in our attention marketplace, right? The marketplace of you know what's on the real estate of the front, you know, of, of our notification screen on the iPhone or 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 what's top of mind. It it it's 
what's sexy you know what's sexy or what pisses us off right and this kind of goes into what they were talking oh, about yeah, the, with, what enrages us yeah, what, yeah you know this outrage porn idea that 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 is the the like driving algorithm of social media to to keep engagement going and uh what's sexy is going to the gucci store and what's not sexy <laughs> is buying etfs and patiently waiting for them to go up until you retire right yeah. Yeah. and like i i think that this is it's it's in some ways as they were talking about a gaming of our um sort of just ape like well our actually apish um operating system mental operating system um based on the things that we would like we love sexy we're programmed to like sexy and we're programmed to react when something pisses us off and you know obviously and and sam did and i think scott also did a uh podcast with Tristan Harris who was the like Google ethicist who then was you know big in getting all the Zuck and all the people into uh the congressional testimonies and all of that stuff where he talks about this it's like no no this is a conscious effort to game your addiction and dopamine systems to get more time on screen and therefore more ad revenue dollars right and and I I, I think it's hard to see those as unrelated this idea that we as like a cosmopolitan society are more interested again in flexing the gucci store than than buying etfs when when one is clearly a better long-term you know investment both capital i and lowercase i than the other yeah i think that's that is exactly why meme stocks exist (laughs) is because like people like you know it's way more i i my my dad is is a really good investor and so we've talked about investing but he always he always tells me you're never going to be at a party and impress people by saying, yeah, my, uh, my investment in the S and P 500 index has increased 75% since I invested 16 years ago. You know, everyone's going to be talking about, man, I bought this option play into the industrials market. And it just flew up. I got this good tip, you know? And so and I think that's like why, like, for example, mean stocks exist is cause it's like, you know, it's like, we want to flash this like absurd, like unnatural, like gain. Like, yeah, there's this, like, you want to, I don't know. Like, yeah, wealth accumulation in rapid manner is sexy. And and and, and yeah. people give you fake internet points for it when you show your portfolios. So, I, yeah, and like Al said, it looks like the silver bullet. It looks like yeah, I just buy yeah, that yeah, one does, option at yeah, the right time yeah. and boom, I'm a millionaire. That's yeah, what you know what's like. weird is like all these people like look at these billionaires and stuff and these like really ultra rich and it's like, you know, most of them, uh, it wasn't like a one hit wonder. You know, they made a lot of plays and a lot of losses, but you only hear about the ones that worked because they became a billionaire because of it. You know, a lot of these people were almost broke because of situation like 2008 killed so many wealthy people and not killed, you know what I mean? But like, yeah, it's, it's, it's a weird mentality. Um, And it goes to the, the obsession with the founder that we have that, um, that Galloway was talking about with, with Steve jobs, right? This like idolatry of founders that we uh, we as a society really put and obviously we don't see the 99% of founders who's you know like businesses just failed right I mean we, we don't see those we see the Jack Dorsey's going off to Africa and just doing weird shit with you know beaded the Elon Musk's of the, the Elon world Musk's and the oh Steve my Jones. god this if you the techno if king everyone it's the techno king fucker if <laughs> if you guys Is that a name it, he's given himself what yes yeah. that's his yeah, title at Tesla hilarious. like what the fuck and they have oh god and, and and so I uh I I like everyone who listens to this podcast know I do not have fond opinions of Elon Musk go listen to this episode of Sam Harris because you will it validates everything I say about Elon Musk the way he talk the way they talk about these tech giants and CEOs because 
they're a danger to society and and i've never felt more validated in my opinion which is again see here's the dangerous part about listening to sam harris right i'm like i'm like a smart person says i'm right so i know galloway just rips the shit out of zuckerberg um yeah. and uh in a pretty well-founded way it's uh much better than i could which is why i say please go listen to that yeah, instead yeah, yeah. of to me absolutely <laughs> i would love to hear your pit you guys like because I, I do not believe in these mega founders at all of tech companies. And I think they're, they're all in their own ways, a danger to the world. Not as not, maybe not necessarily as individuals, but kind of as individuals because of how fucking wealthy they are. And like, I I've harped on Elon Musk a million times. I really, I think and I, when Scott Z uh, Galloway called Zuck the most dangerous man in the world, I was like, yes. <laughs> Yes, he is, and and it is. I mean, they have so much. Uh, I mean, when the UN control. reports calls what what was it the, in in Myanmar, um, the that 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 Facebook was one of the responsible parties for the genocide, right? Oh shit! I mean, this is like thing, things get a little real, and you know, elections being you know potentially changed or swayed through the platform. I mean, there is so much sway that you know his words have and Galloway's right he can't be voted out right like yeah. we, he can't be voted out the people don't get a, a choice yeah the business sector does and then what the best part was is when scott Galloway was always like and of course i invest in them because <laughs> i have to if i want to accumulate wealth like i have to invest in winners and it's like it's just nuts because it's like I've always lived in a, in a, like an investment that kind of made me upset. Cause I was like, dude, like I have this investment philosophy of like, I will not invest in companies that I find morally ambiguous in, in their actions. And every company has some moral ambiguity. You have to kind of like tolerate some stuff, but and like, and I don't know, like Andrew, you can't invest in any company then. Cause every company, has a, but shut up. Okay. What I'm trying to say is like, have some moral backbone, especially with like, like if you're going to own a company, especially in a significant way, if you're incredibly wealthy, like, I don't know, they're talking about how like these people need to like, be taken care of in some way and they want the antitrust courts to do it well pff, fucking vote with your dollar like that's the only vote we get as humans and i know it's like well they control one like two-thirds of all online digital marketing stuff it's like i know well but that's that's two different things right because yeah. sam was saying you know i'm i have this moral reservation of advertising my meditation app on facebook and uh basically the punchline after this this just evisceration of Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook and Instagram and all of them as a as an institution was like but there's no way you can't advertise your business right and and he gives this great metaphor for you you got to you got to turn the lights on what was it i feel like you you had a, a good feel for the metaphor oh i, f I forgot well i know it's just it something the effect of like oh well you know well it's gone Anyway, listen to it. It's a great metaphor. It's a great episode. It's a great metaphor. Oh, yeah. Whenever you turn your lights on, you're burning. Coal. Oh, that's right. Yeah, the lights in the coal. coal. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you're not not going to turn the lights on, right? Like, you yeah. got to turn the lights on. Like, to, to even be at the table, you got to be you got to be advertising in Facebook, which, you know, obviously indirectly is in some way almost investing in Facebook. And then on the other hand, he was talking about actually owning shares of Facebook. And, and I think they are two distinct things, but... Um, of course, he was just full send on both of them. So. Yeah. yeah, and I and I so agreed with them. I studied some antitrust um, antitrust economic policies in undergrad, and that's not very impressive. But like, it really like opens your if you like to take some time to look into antitrust laws. It's I and I totally agree with when Scott Galloway said it's like the only thing the American government consistently gets right, and it's like this is the time for them to get it right because I think the only solution is to break up these companies and create competition again because i don't know the the amount of 
control they have in the digital world, which is kind of the world now in a way, right? I mean, we live in a, we, li we call it the digital age or whatever it's called, I don't know, the technology, I don't know, but it's all controlled by what, four companies? I mean, that's insane, right? Yeah, that is crazy. That, 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 that doesn't make sense. And I really would love to see the DOJ get some serious movement on that. It's like, it's one of the few things I'm really passionate about is like, it is, you know, if and it, my, my least favorite part is if you're a fucking capitalist and if you fucking love free markets and stuff, you should be pro big tech breakups. I know. Like you should be, I mean, when the DOJ is like, we want to break up big tech firms, every cap, every true capitalistic ec economist should be like, fuck yeah. It's just <laughs> a bunch yeah. of like Ayn Randian jerking off libertarian, you know, like VCs and founders in Silicon Valley just being like, no, like I wouldn't want to be dethroned as king of the castle as CEO of my startup, you know? Yeah. The worst part is it's not like, it's not like they would be out of control, right? They would still own such a significant percentage of the market in, in a breakup like that, but you know, but, it like, but it's not, it's but like, it's not the most percentage. What is enough? enough right? What is enough? Yeah. yeah. And, right. and apparently the world is not enough for some of these for firms for Zuck. Yeah. Like I, I always, I, I think I joked before that like people will vote in, like if, if one of these, if one of these big four, like Elon Musk or Zuck or something, if one of them like tried to run for president, they would probably go obnoxiously far if not win <laughs> for sure i mean yeah. they could start their own political party that's the type of power and money they have and they could win it's just and, and i'm not saying like maybe they'd be a good leader of the free world i don't know but i have a feeling it would be really dangerous the techno for the king world. and zuck i i have my reservations <laughs> oh who would be who would be president though who would be president tim cook i yeah, i, I, I don't think cook. zuck would take vp i don't think of all of them i could do, <laughs> i could do tim cook oh i thought you meant who who oh, would oh, oh, as president oh if i if i had to choose one oh you know al we actually we did this on an episode we did uh who would you want as president and it was like oh, elon yeah. musk kanye west tim cook or mark zuckerberg who would who would you choose like in what order would you rank them as your top picks did anyone hear this is a, a minor tangent but if, if not oh here, this where? is the if, name of the game here, baby. Where? Uh, did anyone hear um, Kanye on Rogan? Yes, we listened yes, to that episode for an episode oh of our podcast. I, I got like two hours into it. It'd be a shame if you didn't like, listen to it. I just want to fucking strangle kittens, and I fucking hate my life. This is the worst, most disastrous implosion of a human that I've ever seen. His religious thing. It's just like, get a fucking grip, dude. Holy yeah. shit. If you want a good circle jerk, you should go listen to that will, episode of our I podcast. Will, that was because... so horrifying to me. Oh, God. The history books is the craziest podcast ever recorded. Like, because it was just insane. It was off the rails. It, I don't even think there were rails. Yeah. They were driving a train <laughs> no on rails. like fucking dirt. It was, it, it was nuts. And Rogan just trying to be Rogan, just trying oh. to be like, you know, trying to be a podcast host and like doing his Rogan thing. And it's just like, I'm like, you're fucking humoring him. And it's just so not. It's so fucking annoying. Dude. Like, I don't know if you got to this part of the podcast. Did you stop halfway through? I stopped about two hours in. I think it was Oh, three man. Hours. It was three hours long. Yeah, it was a long one. Uh, there was a part of the podcast where um, uh, Kanye was talking about the pills that they were trying to put him on or that the pills oh. he was taking. And Joe Rogan said, man, I wish I would have known that they were doing that i just would have like got you to exercise and like go outside and shit and it's just like joe shut the fuck i, I bet he had up, some supplements dude. too that would have helped yeah maybe. exactly <laughs> yeah. dude take these supplements go for a run you'll be fine yeah is yeah. i was just like what the fuck this is like the most it was like one of the hardest things i've the one of the three of the hardest listening hours of my life yeah, probably absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. and well, i listened to the whole thing for the our our episode i'm was, glad you uh, guys pained your yeah. way through it
there's a good a youtube video that's just two minutes of joe rogan shitting on kanye west up to that episode and then during that episode he's like oh kanye you're such a smart guy i've loved you my entire life I'm like oh joe you yeah and he was like endorsing him as president and shit. i was like Fuck yeah you, joe oh, god, damn god damn it joe whatever all right this seems like a good time to cut to some final thoughts so we'll just oh sure yeah i almost forgot that we do some i mean final you want i kind of want to end with al jeff if yeah. that's okay let's end with al let's uh I don't know. I'll start it off that way. It's a yeah. nice, nice order here. Yeah. Uh, I continued to like the Making Sense with Sam Harris podcast on the Roman Mars scale. I feel like Sam's got a nice, a nice calm voice. It's like a it's six or seven. Uh, it's the, the for the foodiness. It's, God, I've been trying to think of like a food scale for this podcast the entire time. It's like eating an all-you-can-eat sushi dinner because it's just like two hours and you get really full, like all like and you just through, don't stop you, either. You just got to keep going. It's like keep high going. quality the entire time, but I'm you, not going to waste kind the of fish. Expensive. Don't waste it. They yeah, charge you if you waste, waste it. it. <laughs> exactly. All right. So this is this is good. Yeah. I. It's a good podcast. Uh, if you want to try meditation, his meditation app is by far the best way to get into it. I think. And uh, yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah. Right, it's, what about you? Um. I, I like I am Sam curious. I do enjoy listening to him. I can't listen to him all the time. Um, he does like he I, I agree with a lot of the stuff he says. And so it's nice to hear someone who's truly like who, who I, I would describe him as someone who can actually make a difference in social mentality. So it's nice to hear him talk seriously about some of the stuff that people are way too afraid to touch. And we didn't touch on some of the subjects that I would say are, are a danger for normal humans to, to touch on. <laughs> uh it, on a media platform um but i would highly recommend like this is this was a great episode scott galloway's awesome um he, roman Mars. i think sam harris's voice is amazing it's very calming like i i think it's great he's he's very easy to listen to um he makes things really edible too in the sense of like really digestible like you can really grab a complex topic and be like okay I, i'm grasping this more now he's very articulate in that way um this yeah this is like a five course meal like you're there for a while you're full but you're like i can't stop eating it's so good and i'm also like i like hating myself a little bit but i can't stop and yeah it's it's the real deal it's it's i mean there's a reason he's popular and there's there's a reason that you know people like al have changed their life because of his you know his his teachings or whatever you want to call them or his his philosophy what do you what do you even call it his words his existence i don't know um well I, 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 I'm, I mean, well, you address that how you want. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm liking Sam Harris more and more than like every time I listen to him, especially on topics that I'm very interested in. Like, I, I don't know. I, I continue to like his stuff. You can't really lose with his podcast as long as you're, again, I think it's important to walk in as an open thinker and really be open to challenging your thoughts. Cause he's going to say like, there's a chance he'll say stuff. You'll be like, oh, what the fuck? You can't just be doing that. And it's like, yeah, well he can. And that's the whole point, right. Of, of having an open dialogue about hard subjects. So, um, yeah, good podcast. It's, it, I'm glad we came back to it. I'm glad we got Al here to do it. And so Al, why don't you wrap us up? Sure. Um, where to start with Sam? I don't know where to start with Sam. The episode is a, is a phenomenal episode. It actually is what turned me on to uh, Galloway's other uh, podcasts and books, um, which I would highly recommend as well. He does Pivot with Kara Swisher, who actually Sam got into a bit of a tiff with on Twitter with Kara Swisher, and then they went on each other's podcasts and talk about a contentious one. Andrew, you're saying sometimes the like really like contentious ones are the best. He, uh, they are. They, they, there, there were punches thrown, and uh, would would recommend both the recode of, of her podcast uh, with him on it and him with her on it. Um, 
So, absolutely. And then the Prof G show is is Galloway's other podcast. I think Sam is, um, as far as the podcast as a whole, I think it has matured since the beginning. I think I've I've probably listened to all of them. There may be some, there are definitely some I haven't finished, um, just because it wasn't my area. Uh, but I think that he has matured a little bit in his approach to, uh, you know, his whole thing was, is still that all we have as a society between where we are now and violence is conversation and coming to a meeting of the minds. And so it is of benefit to talk to people that you disagree with so that you can just try to get closer to converging on, on something. And so I think that he really tried to take that to its extremes at the beginning, and there were some um, podcasts that were just the Ezra Klein situation. There was, I mean, <laughs> there, there's just a lot of, of, of times where he tried it and, and failed, and, and he would be the first to say that and has on his podcast. Um, and so I, I don't think he, it's that he, I don't think that it's that he steers away from, um, from interviews that are more contentious now, because he's he's definitely one of the first to just get into the ring if he thinks that there could be a convergence. But I don't think he goes after as many lost causes anymore, which is good as far as trying to understand more about the human experience. It's you know there was a entertainment factor about just some intellectual uh, barbarism on both sides, but um, no, I I. I think that he's doing phenomenal work, and I would definitely echo that his meditation app, which I um, have been using since it came out, has been incredibly helpful in my life. And I don't often recommend it to people because there's this like crunchy granola woo-woo fucking vibe about meditation. When you say, hey, do you meditate? It's like, oh, let's sit in a fucking drum circle and talk about it, you know? (laughs) And that's like so not what it is. And anybody that knows Sam... And, and his work and the things that he talks about and touches, like that is so anti his shit, you know? But um, the meditation app is so empirical. And if you're a skeptic and somebody who like does not just like is not going to take some ridiculous leap of faith that this is going to cure all your problems, like, you know, just, just buying into the woo-woo bullshit, this is like so worth trying. And, and I, I just can't speak highly enough about it. So that's that. Yeah. Well put. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll throw one more endorsement in there because I think it is helpful. Like, for the meditation stuff, I, I was definitely on the, oh, meditation is just a bunch of granola bullshit. But Woo-woo bullshit? Yeah, woo-woo <laughs> bullshit. But if you've got any sort of, like, anger problems or, like, I, I just have, like, just very regular, normal, everybody has it, just, like, social anxiety problems, just, like, learning to take a second. It's, it sounds so stupid every time you no, say it. Like, no, it like, does not, Jeff. This is a thing people need to do. <laughs> But yeah, if you just take a second and just like learn to realize it's happening and just like, it's it's basically just like learning to calm down for a second. It's insanely helpful and it's so goddamn easy and it's almost infuriatingly easy to learn how to do it and it, it actually really helps. So Which yeah, makes it even more it infuriating that more people won't take the moment to do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's exactly how I felt. I was like, I've been dismissing this for my entire life and it was that simple. So yeah, yeah. All right. I'm, I'm, I want to try this app now. I've been meaning to you try should, it. I, just you should. Yeah, I have I some friends that really recently should. hopped on, and even after a couple of days, they're like, oh, there's there's something. There's there there. Something to you it. Know? Yeah. And uh, yeah. that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, amazing. Great episode. Thanks for joining us, Al. Thank you uh, for having me. What an honor. 
gentlemen. Honor and a privilege. Honor and a privilege. We're really going to be. Privilege. Yeah, I can't forget. Yeah. Yeah, Especially in 2021. Oh, a lot of privilege. A lot of, lot of privilege, about privilege, and you will not forget. A lot of things happening privilege-wise in uh, ye old 2021. Yep. And next week we're back to the uh, March Madness. So back to yeah. <laughs> back to our bullshit, as they say. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh, El, you're you're way too smart for our podcast, but I'm glad you, <laughs> glad you could be on. It was really good to have you. I enjoyed it, guys. Thanks.